Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Ants. They're organized, industrious, and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels, and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources, and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empires game for more. Hi everyone, it's Chris Barrow here from the Naked Gaming Podcast team and we're back with another episode of Monkey Island Discs talking to someone about their gaming loves and hates. This month it's the broadcaster and weather forecaster extraordinaire Ben Rich. He can say that he's a meteorologist although that's one of those words that strikes fear into my heart when it appears in front of me. But I managed to get it right this time. Well done. Anyway, you might have seen him bringing us the weather on BBC News but he's also a huge fan of gaming. He did take a few years off gaming, though, so we start this episode of Monkey Island Discs with what brought him back. I think this is probably quite a familiar story. The pandemic, when it struck, um, changed all of our lives, and I am a very, very busy person normally, in normal times, a very sociable person. Mm. Um, There's always a lot going on, and suddenly, like a lot of other people, I found myself with a whole lot of spare time and the need to fill it and obviously some people have been learning basket weaving and some people have been (laughs) learning mandarin and all of these fantastic sort of self-improvement things that everybody's been doing learning german learning new skills and for me actually i think what i needed and what i wanted was just something to kind of absorb a bit of time and so at the beginning of the first lockdown or just before the first lockdown I made a bit of an impulse buy um, of a a switch and and I remember the timing because it was just at that bit where the shops were threatening to be closed you know the government were threatening to close all the shops which of course they did Um, and I'd ordered it via click and collect because it was what it was that time when it was quite hard to get one and you know you you think shall I choose delivery or shall I choose click and collect and because I wanted it quickly I chose click and collect and I just remember this this huge stress because I thought, well, what if the shop closes and I can't collect it? <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I, I did collect it, sort of dived into Breath of the Wild first, and that was it for me. And since then, I've been kind of lost in that world. And actually, I think in a time, in a year that's been so challenging, the sort of absorption of time, I think, it's just been wonderful. The fact that you can lose 100 hours in that game yeah. or in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, as I have since, or pretty much... <laughs> open world games which I seem to have fallen into and, and got stuck in but yeah it's um it's actually been a real real godsend let me ask you about open world games then and Zelda Breath of the Wild if you haven't played it it's basically the entry point for the Nintendo Switch it was what made me and Lee buy a Nintendo Switch because we wanted to just experience this game that everyone was talking about but is it open worlds for you or was it that you were a Zelda fan as a 
kid that made you sort of take the plunge for the Switch? What was the thing that tipped you over the edge? It just seemed like the game that everyone was playing. I had no idea about the whole Zelda mythology. Um, Uh. I hadn't played any Zelda games before at all. It just seemed like the obvious jumping in place. And I have to say, my reaction... So, So when you consider that I hadn't really played anything much certainly not console-wise, for maybe 15 years, maybe 20 years. And so jumping in to Breath of the Wild, yeah. it's just like you're, you're exploring this world, eyes open, going, how, how can it be this big? How can there be all this stuff in the game? Um, and, and I just love the way it sort of guides you through without there being signposts everywhere. You know, it's not go here, do this. It's not a linear, you know, I've played some linear games too, some of which I've enjoyed. Um, you know, God of War's a bit like that. Yes. And I've enjoyed that recently. But I just absolutely love the the depth of the world, how how just how big it is. Yeah. Um I've always been really interested in maps it's kind of one of my (laughs) geeky things it sort of ties into the job i do i guess i've always loved maps and the fact that there's this big map that you can just go and explore and run around and you know i sort of wanted to go right to the edge of the map and see what happens at the edge do you fall off the end of the world (laughs) um that kind of huge open world just blew me away and it was not what i expected and it, it just showed me how far gaming has come in that time where i've sort of been away just have to ask you and feel free to shout at me for this question but when the when the weather effects are in the game is it impossible to ignore how the weather is simulated in video games because as someone who deals with the weather on a daily basis yeah do you sort of appreciate it and think oh yes those cirrus clouds are really well created or do you just not bother is it a way of escapism completely no 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 i'm always looking at the the way the weather's depicted in games um a a game i played quite soon after breath of the wild was um was xenoblade chronicles the um Oh yes, yeah. The remake of that, and, and the sky in that game looks gorgeous. Um, <laughs> forget anything else in the world; the sky just looks amazing. Um, and, and in in um, in Breath of the Wild, I love the fact that if Link's carrying a metal weapon at the time, he'll uh, he'll get struck by lightning. Yes. And um, if uh, if it's raining, he can't climb up the uh, cliffs, which I found very frustrating. <laughs> um, but it's, it's probably quite realistic. But no, no, you're right. There is always a kind of this makes me sound really sad, doesn't it? But there is always a kind of um, <laughs> a kind of fascination with how they've made the weather look and sound and feel. What games were you playing before you had your break? And did it start as a very young kid? Or is it something that you picked up in teenage years? I was thinking about this. And the first kind of console was um, the ZX Spectrum. We had one of those upstairs in my parents' bedroom. I remember it really clearly, not for the games it played, but the kind of noise of the tape loading up. Sometimes it would load and other times it wouldn't load. And that kind of whole process, it took ages to load a game up. And then we got a Sega Mega Drive. Ah, that was my first console, you see. So that was, for me, that was what gaming was from the beginning. Well, a bit like you, for me, gaming became basically Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, Um, 100%. I played that game over and over and over again. And, you know, if ever you hear the music now, so... You know, we're talking, this was 25 years ago, I guess, 25, 30 years ago. And whenever you hear the Green Hill Zone music <laughs> now, it's just, I, I can sing I can sing along to it now. I could sing it to you now if I was a, if I was a better singer and more willing to, to, <laughs> and to more, share that. Yeah. Um, and I, I found a version of it quite recently that you could sort of pick up and play on, um, on mobile. And, you know, you can remember every twist and turn. It's just so familiar. Stop kidding around, Snake. 
of the games that you've played so far, if you had to pick a favourite of yours, would you choose something from that first period or are you leaning towards the modern period of time and, and what game would it be? I think my favourite game... Uh, it's quite difficult because that, uh, certainly in the last year I've played some really, really good games. Um, uh, Witcher 3. Oh, uh, yeah. Such, such a good game. Such a good game. And I'm almost angry at myself that I'm not choosing it because I, I, I mean we could talk for ages about that game the, 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 the depth of the story the decisions you make um, it's got such heart and soul and yet is so kind of violent as well um, mm. it's kind of yeah it's, it's, that's a great game and another amazing open world as well but I think I would have to plump for Breath of the Wild just, ah. just the way it drew me into the wor- that world at that time at the beginning of the pandemic and the number of hours that I sunk into it and the fact that I sit here now talking to you about it and all I want is to pick up my Switch and jump back in and, and sort of see all the bits I've missed and I know that given the passage of a bit of time I will come back to that game I think that game it's one of those games that I will be nostalgic about 20 years from now I think mm. And also you can see that now that you will be. So it must be. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. I also like the idea that by talking to me about the games, it's making you want to stop doing this and go and play them, which is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. No, it does. It does. Yeah. There's something really, this is going to sound a bit, it sounds too much really, doesn't it? But there is something a bit visceral about it. There is a kind of, you, you get into that, that zone i suppose that's the whole point that's why people do it but it does take you into another place and and you have to be in the right mood to sink yourself into a, one of those open world games but if you are you know you come to six hours later <laughs> and um mm. uh, uh, where has the time gone and i just think I, I just think that's fantastic i'm normally going i'm hungry what happened <laughs> <laughs> well, well actually for someone who likes to snack um gaming is great for me because it, it, it's, it's it's probably one of the only things that um that can take my mind off what's in the fridge do you have a least favourite game? Is there one that you would very happily never play again, not blow the dust out of the cartridge, <laughs> let it just fall to pieces in the corner? Is there a game that you would just recommend that people don't play? I think this might be a bit controversial as well, but I'll explain. The game that really stands out to me as a game that I did not enjoy, and it's one I came to recently, was Final Fantasy VII. Um, someone said, look, you've got to play, you've got to play Final Fantasy VII. It's it's iconic. And bearing in mind, I'd played things like Breath of the Wild. I'd played Witcher 3. I'd played all these open world extravaganzas. And then to, to kind of try and dive into Final Fantasy 7. And it was that time, do you remember when, um, you know, it was nearly the new millennium and everything was really exciting. And we thought, oh, the world, you know, we're so modern now. The world is so modern. Look at all these new high tech things we can do. And um, to look back on that now, it just didn't do anything for me. The map was so small and, um, and, and it didn't tell you where to go. And I got really confused halfway through the story. I really persisted at it as well because I really wanted to like it. I kind of thought I ought to like it. And I got right to the final battle or what I think was the final battle because I never finished it. Do you know, sometimes there's a game and you, you, you sort of just want to finish it and you want it to be over. And that was definitely where I was with that. So I sort of ploughed through it, but hadn't levelled up enough and was underpowered for the final battle and couldn't win. And um, it was one of those throw the controller down after my 10th go and just, you know, I'm done with this. I don't even like this game. Why am I still playing it? And um, and I think that was kind of that was kind of where I ended up, <laughs> where I ended up with that. So, yeah, that's at the bottom of the pile, I'm afraid. Are you a completionist when it comes to games? So do you have to finish or are you happy to explore, let it be, come back to it? 
Yeah, no, I am actually. It was one of the things I didn't like about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I played fairly recently on the PS5. And the ending kind of, it wasn't definite enough for me. <laughs> uh, yes, I know. You, know, you can't put it away and say, I have done this game. Exactly. No spoilers, but it, it, it didn't. It, it is an amazing game. I would, you know, I would recommend it to anybody. But the end was just a bit dissatisfying because I didn't feel like I'd finished it. I certainly hadn't finished all of the side quests and everything there was to do. And the game didn't give me a definite enough end point. So I sort of left it there. And it's sort of, I think, still in that place where I'm kind of like, well, I don't want to say I finished it because I like to have it finished. I like to have it done. <laughs> This is one of the harder questions, but it's an interesting one to think about. If you had to be a game character, or if there was one game character that you sort of identify with the most, or you'd like to actually just, you know, if you could live in a video game, you could be that character, which character would you choose? Well, I was thinking about this. You're right. This is one of the hardest questions. You know, there's this, there's this character in, um, in Xenoblade Chronicles called Rhine. Um, and he's brilliant because he's just like the heavy. He just comes in and, you know, you always want him in your team because, uh, you know, he's just got ridiculous stats and can just, um, you know, beat everyone up where all the other characters are trying to cast magic spells and whatever. It's like, no, he's just the muscle, and that's that's what he does. Uh, so, I, you know, there's something about that that's quite appealing, just going and get stuff done. Um, but I, I think I think if I had to be anybody... I would be Geralt from Witcher 3 just just because that character is so so well fleshed out you know I mean he's not had a he's not had an easy time <laughs> no um, he's, he's got the voice is awesome as well we actually spoke to the the voice of Geralt on the podcast and he's such, he's called Doug Cockle and he's such a nice guy but his voice is like kind of you and my voice it's just a very normal voice and then he goes I'm Geralt, like that. He just <laughs> flicked the switch and you think, whoa, where did that come from? You know, Could someone give him a lozenge, I imagine. Yeah. You know, he, did. he said it ruined yeah. his voice. He said it was really painful. <laughs> I bet it did. And there are a lot of lines in that as oh. well, aren't there? But I, I just think part of the reason for choosing Geralt is because I couldn't choose it as my favourite game, but, I, but it, is, <laughs> it is almost my favourite game because I just think it's the character development in it, the choices that you make seem to make so much difference, which I, which I really like. And I sort of, I'm sort of in awe of how clever that is. You know, I kind of, I'm in awe of the developers and the way they constructed all those pathways and made all those choices matter. That to me just seems really impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's an incredible world. I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'd last very long. <laughs> it seems a bit dangerous. It's a brutal world, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's a bit brutal, <laughs> which is not my style at all. But maybe that's the joy of games that you can kind of get out of your own head and, um, and kind of experience that very different world. So yeah, I just think I'm quite drawn to Geralt. I think there's something quite special about him. Something wrong with my face. Tell me about consoles and whether you're a PlayStation man or an Xbox man or a PC man or a Switch man. It sounds like you might be leaning towards that. Or is there a classic console that would be your favourite, perhaps from your childhood, like the Sega Mega Drive, for example? Well, the Sega Mega Drive gets the honourable mention because that yeah. I, I must have spent so many hours with that as a kid. But um, the Switch will probably always have that special place in my heart just because it sort of came along at the right time. It was the easiest one to buy. It was the least ex expensive, I suppose. It was sort of, it sort of seemed like the best jumping off point for someone who was sort of tentatively wondering whether to dive back in. The versatility of it and the fact that you can play Breath of the Wild on your TV or you can pick it up and play um, my newest obsession, Pac-Man 99, oh, yeah. while you're on the bus. Yeah, have you tried that yet? No, I haven't tried it yet, but I've, I've seen very good things. But is it everything you wanted it to be and more? Because it sounds like... <laughs> you just say, 
one more time. Go one more go. One more go. One more go. And then 25 more goes. You still haven't come in the top 10. And, <laughs> Just um, one more. <laughs> <laughs> you're still getting knocked out in 50th place. And uh, you can't put it down. So, yeah, the kind of versatility of it, really. And I just think also... You know, the Switch is great for all members of the family. I've got friends with young children who, who really want a Switch and I have to bring it around when I go and visit them uh, in their garden recently. Otherwise, I get, um, you know, I get told off for, for not bringing the Switch around. So I think it's just kind of a, an all-round versatile, great performer with a special place in my heart. What's your next purchase? What are you looking at? Well, I'm actually, I don't kind of have a next purchase, partly because I've got a few games piled up on the um in the library that I need to get through and I'm not sort of letting myself buy any more until I do. So the game I want to play next, um, so it's not you know, it's been out for a while now, is Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, because yeah, I've heard such good things about it. Um and picked it up recently and it's sort of waiting. It's waiting to be launched, but I haven't yet. I need to sort of you know, having finished Valhalla quite recently and then played God of War, which I really enjoyed, I need a bit of a breathing space before I launch into a big open world game like that. But I'm doing a lot of reading, listening to your own podcast, other gaming podcasts too, and um, I'm very open-minded. So um, so yeah, I'm sure there'll be plenty more games coming down the track that um, that I'll want to pick up. I was, um, was really looking forward to Cyberpunk, but... Um, <laughs> yeah that's a whole other podcast (laughs) i'm waiting i'm waiting i played it at the beginning because we as we do and i'm waiting until they fully fixed it Mm. before i go in and i suspect that it could be one of the best games of all time yeah but i'm not touching it now i don't want to pre-ruin the experience of it because it was really really enjoyable for about six hours yeah i'm going to just leave it there and when it's fixed i'm going back i did exactly the same thing exactly the same thing and um and i'm waiting until uh, maybe maybe next year maybe maybe it'll be 12 more months um so you know i have it (laughs) i'm i'm gonna play it but um but yeah I'm, i'm waiting a bit to see how that pans out well ben thank you so much for sharing your monkey island discs with us uh it's been so great to talk to you about it and uh now when the weather appears in the games i'll be i'll be thinking of you <laughs> and how you'd react to it absolute pleasure thanks to ben rich for being our guest on monkey island discs and you can find the rest of the series by searching for the naked gaming podcast wherever you listen do subscribe and you'll catch the next episode as well in the meantime peace out mic drop They're organised, industrious and hungry. But in the undergrowth, there's no such thing as a free lunch. Empires of the Undergrowth is a fast-paced ant colony management game developed by Slug Disco Studios. Underground, you build your nest, construct tunnels and store food. On the surface, your ants claim territory, gather resources and clash with other colonies. Head to thenakedscientist.com forward slash empires game for more.